Hello and welcome to the broadcast. This is a ministry of North Harford Baptist Church in Jarrettsville, Maryland. Visit us online at northharford.org. Um, is the fourth commandment the one about the Sabbath day? This is a controversial topic. It always has been. I, I don't think it needs to be. And uh, it, even when it is you know, debated, it doesn't need to be dramatic and negative. If you have any questions about this today, just see me afterwards or sometime this week or email me. I don't have all the answers, but um, we do the do the best we can to summarize this commandment and how it applies to Christians. Like that's what I've been trying to do for all the commandments: to summarize it and give the basic application for us. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you that you made yourself known to us. We thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit and changed our hearts. We thank you for the gift of eternal life. Help us to focus on Christ above all things. Help us to live for your word and your will and your kingdom and not the things and distractions of the world all around us. Help us today. It's in Christ we pray. Amen. Week 18 is the fourth commandment. You'll see the first question on there. What is the fourth commandment? Here it is. Exodus 28 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day. Now, let me just stop quickly so you know what the word Sabbath means. It means rest. It doesn't mean seventh. It doesn't mean Saturday. The word Sabbath means rest. So remember the Sabbath day means remember the day of rest. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male servant, your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. Because in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This commandment is given the reason behind it, and it's based on, in verse 11, what God did. Based on God's pattern. He, six days he made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. He completed all his work in creation. On the seventh day, he rested. He entered his heavenly rest to reign over his creation, over his completed work. So he is the one who blessed this day of rest. He is the one who made it holy, which means he's the one, God is the one, who set this day apart as devoted to him. He set it apart as special. Now, what does the fourth commandment require of us? It requires us to set apart one day in seven to rest from our normal work and dedicate it to the Lord, dedicate that day to the Lord in a special way. It's a blessing to grow up that way, you know, to live in a home where there's a day set apart as special to the Lord. We give ourselves to private and public worship, to works of kindness, mercy, and necessity. You know, if we're ever going to understand the day of rest or the Sabbath day, we have to understand this. It doesn't mean we do nothing. That's not what rest means. That's not what it means to remember this day and keep it holy. It, that's what Pharisees tried to make it mean in arguing against Jesus. And he, they would see Jesus doing this, they would see Jesus doing that, they would see his disciples doing this, and they would criticize him for doing things. It doesn't mean we do nothing. All right. What does the fourth commandment forbid? That's the third question. 
Well, it forbids laziness during the week. You can see that that's implied, right? You do your work, and then you have a day of rest. It also forbids ignoring the Lord's day and making it a day for ourselves instead of God. Right? So like all the commands, it has the, the two aspects, right? Something it requires, something it forbids. It requires setting apart a day as special to the Lord, and it forbids ignoring that day and making it for ourselves instead of for God. Now, what does the fourth commandment teach us about God? Do you remember this about the commandments, too, that each commandment shows us a little something about God's character or something about God? It teaches us that God is, number one, Lord of creation. Uh, he's the Lord of the new creation, which has dawned in Christ that will come to its you know, full expression when Christ returns. But he's Lord of creation. He's Lord of the new creation, and he's Lord over our time here on earth. It teaches us that God is our only source of heavenly rest. Like God is Lord means God is king, means he rules. He ru- this is his earth. He rules over the earth. All of our years, all of our months, weeks, days, hours, moments belong to the Lord. They are his. They're not ours. We're stewards over the time we've been given. God is Lord over the earth and everything in the earth. He's Lord over us. He's Lord over me. He's Lord over you. Our time belongs to him. Teaches us that God is Lord of the creation. He made it, and he made, he's making the new creation in Christ. Remember, that goes back to why the reason for this command is given in verse 11. It's based on God as creator. And from our perspective, it's also based on God as redeemer and bringing about the new creation. What does this mean for Christians? Before Christ, Israel was to set apart the seventh day, looking back to the first creation. That's in the commandment, uh, to look back to the first creation. But after Christ, Christians now set apart the first day of the week, since we belong to the new creation that has dawned in Christ's resurrection. Does that make sense? So two different perspectives, two different ways of observing this day. One before Christ that looked back to the first creation, and one after Christ for believers who are a part of and also look forward to the new creation. This is the Lord's day. That's from Revelation 1.10. This day is called the Lord's day. In Acts 27 and 1 Corinthians 16.2, you see it the first day of the week is when Christians came together and devoted that day to the fellowship and worship in a special way. That's not the only time of the week that they had these things as important, but it was set apart in a special way for the congregational worship and life of the church. Hebrews 4.9 says there is still a Sabbath keeping or there's still a Sabbath observance for the people of God because we look forward to our eternal rest in the presence of God. Now that sentence is summarizing that whole section of Hebrews. And uh, for the older, older ones here who are interested in things like this, the word that's used in Hebrews 4.9, you'll see it in parentheses there, sabbatismos, is the only time that's used in the New Testament. The word Sabbath is used over and over again, many, many times throughout the New Testament. This word literally means Sabbath keeping. It means Sabbath observing. It's the only time it's used. It's not always translated in the way that gives you the impression that that's what it's about, but that's what it means. 
Sabbath keeping. Hebrews, turn over the page and we'll look at the passages. Hebrews 4, 8 through 11. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest or a Sabbath keeping is literally what that means. For the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest. We're striving to enter a rest, eternal heavenly rest with God. You're striving to enter it. So it's so since that remains, it still remains a Sabbath observance so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So as you see that day, that future day getting closer and closer, the future day drawing near, the day of eternal rest, the day of Christ's return, now you must stay committed to gathering together. And in the context of the New Testament, that is most, most likely referring to the Lord's Day gathering of the church, the central gathering of the church, which has been the case since the dawn of the church on the day of Pentecost. Christians have gathered, setting apart the first day of the week to worship and serve the Lord. And I told you there's always been debate about how does this exactly apply to Christians? If you have any questions about that, just come and see me. If you have more questions now than you did coming in, I'd say that's good, and hopefully it spurs you on to Bible study and to prayer. But I think the general point is this. As God's people, we set apart the first day of the week in a special way to worship and serve Him and be a part of the body of Christ in the local church. If we do that, we'll do well. And... Um, you know, if you, again, do you have any questions, keep studying, keep praying. Let me know what your questions are. Maybe I can help, maybe I can't. Uh, but we give that day to the Lord, and we, in, we enjoy doing that. We rejoice in doing that because He deserves it. Let's pray.